It's an Arizona Fall League Thursday. I don't have an alliterative name for this. Pitcher of the week, hitter of the week, some notable performers. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And like we did last week, we're going to do it for all six weeks of the season. We've got the pitcher and hitter of the week for the Arizona Fall League. Uh, Pitcher of the week, stop me if you've heard this before, Joey Wentz, left-hand pitcher for the Tigers. He was a co-pitcher of the week last week because he made his... his debut uh, versus surprise pitched well. Well, not only did he pitch well again in the second week, he pitched well against surprise for a second week. Uh, Joey Wentz went four innings, one hit, no runs, eight strikeouts with one walk. So got more strikeouts than he got last time. Still isn't letting guys get on base here. One hit and, and four innings. Again, facing a team for the second time in just about a week, which is never an easy thing to do for anybody. Kind of refresher here, uh, who Joey Wentz is. 2016 first-rounder supplemental out of high school by the Braves. Uh, He was moved in the Shane Green deal in 2019. Has had some, uh, missed some time because of injury. Obviously, there was no 2020 season. So if there's a time to have Tommy John and miss a whole season, feel like, Having surgery in like February 2020 wasn't a terrible time to do it. Um, made, you know, actually made his big league debut this year. So got seven games at the big league level. 3.03 ERA uh, across 32 and two-thirds innings. 27 strikeouts to 13 walks with two home runs. And the, the 13 walks is kind of the big talking point for Joey Wentz, right? Uh Big guy, 6'5", 220, has a good repertoire as far as fastball, uh, curveball change, but he struggled with control. Uh, and that's kind of what's kept him on the back half of the the top 30 prospects this year. Uh, the fastball, one, low 90s, which it's a, eh, he's a lefty. It's not the worst in the world, but it's kind of average velocity, maybe. He has some late life. It plays up a bit. He gets decent extension with it, but... Not an amazingly blow-you-away fastball. Changeup is above average in the mid-80s. The curveball that he throws, it's an, kind of an average curveball. It has a lot of late break to it. So it's a it's really interesting. I don't have quite have a name for this, but it's a curveball that looks hittable until it isn't. Uh, you know, come it comes in and you're like, oh, well, this curveball's crap, and then all, it just drops out from underneath you. So... Uh, he he does a good job of mixing these things up, right? To try to keep you keep a hitter off balance, keep you guessing about what's gonna ha- what's gonna come next and where it's gonna go. Uh, but the the bugaboo has always been the control, right? He'll 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 groove it for a couple innings, two innings, three innings, and then completely unravel. So I'm I'm excited to see him go four innings. Like I said, the eight strikeouts across twelve total outs is really good. And only one walk. Uh, that is more of the ratio we need. His big league stint this year, granted it's a different type of competition, but he walked about 3.6 guys per nine. So 
One walk in four innings is more of what we need to see out of Joey Wentz. Had the shoulder injury, um, so he lost June and July. He was he's, was rehabbing in the minors up until September 9th and got one or two starts into the year, and they didn't go well. So I think that's why he's at the Arizona Fall League. I'm okay with, with what he's looked like so far. He's probably going to end up being one of the better pitchers at the Fall League simply because, one, he's 24, uh, and then, two, he's, I mean, he's a big league pitcher. I, I fully believe Joey Wentz is going to break spring training next year as a member of the Tigers' rotation, barring some sort of injury, which could happen, or some sort of just terrible come apart in spring training. So, the hitter of the week, not a guy we mentioned before, shortstop Austin Martin of the Twins. So, we, we've talked about him on this pod, I think, once or twice. 2020 first rounder out of Vanderbilt, six foot, 185, and was traded from. Toronto to the Twins in the Jose Barrios deal at the deadline last year. Was completely taken aback by it. He uh, was very surprised. He was not expecting that at all. But became the number one prospect in the system. And then struggled a little bit. Um, as far like tore, he tore his UCL. Uh, struggled with the power production. Ultimately, the slash line this year wasn't great. So, got 90 games in in A. 241, 367, 315 was the final slash line. Two home runs, 18 extra base hits, 54 strikeouts to 47 walks in 90 games. So, love the strikeout rate being low. Love the walk rate being so close to the strikeouts. But the power production was pretty, pretty awful. Well, so far in the Arizona Fall League, uh, so for last week, 11 of 18, one home run, two doubles, a walk, and two stolen bases, which he stole 34 bases in the minors. So we knew the speed was there. But his 16 bases, 16 total bases, was the most for the week. And he reached base multiple times in every single game he played. Which, last I checked, pretty good. Uh, that That is very useful. Now, defensively, this is something we've always kind of had questions about his defense. Um, he, he, I feel like he's not really suited to be a shortstop. He spent time there in, in college. I feel like in the pros, he would be better in the outfield than at college. Um, he, his accuracy has been an issue. He was an issue in college. It's an issue here. Um, he doesn't quite have, I feel like he doesn't quite have the footwork to play in the infield. He's got the range. He can do that. He's got the glove work. I feel like it's just the stability of the base underneath him, the footwork. And so, obviously, there's some there's some bit of that where the Twins agree with me. <laughs> uh, of the four games that he played, only two of them were at short in the last week in the Arizona Fall League. He did, play, he did play center field as well. He looks more comfortable in center field, and I think you have less of a premium on the form, and the throwing posture when you're in the outfield versus when you're at short. So I want to see him continue to do that. I also want to see him obviously work on the power. We're trying to figure out where is the power going to to end up. The hit tool was probably 60, 65 grade. The question is, can the power get to average? If the power can get to average, you're looking at a guy 
who absolutely could be a first division regular, you know, an, an impact guy. If the power can't get to average and it's below average, then the defense is going to have to be pretty good in center field because he won't have the power to move to a corner. So some questions here. He's answering them pretty well so far. In just a minute, I want to get to some of the the guys who performed well. We're going to put them on the honor roll, uh, including some guys that aren't even in top 30s but are having impact performances here in the Arizona Fall League. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Roan. So Roan sent over a bunch of copy about all of the technology that's in their clothes and all of that. But listen, here's here's what we're going to do. The great American poet laureate Dion Sanders said, If you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you play good. And if you play good... They pay good. So what Roan has done is Roan has made sure that you look good in their commuter shirt, that you feel good with the comfort, you know, with the comfort of the shirt. They've made sure that you look good because one, it's a well-designed shirt. It has wrinkle release technology, so it doesn't hold wrinkles. It has Gold Fusion anti-odor technology so that you feel good and you smell good because the goal here is no matter where you are, whether you're at work, whether you're at the bar after hours, you're at a dinner, you're playing golf, whatever it is, the goal is for you to play good so that they will pay good. And Roan will do that. The commuter shirt will get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next, okay? So go to roan.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to roan, R-H-O-N-E dot com slash locked on and use code locked on. It's time to find your corner office comfort and upgrade your closet with Roan. Use code locked on to save 20% at roan.com slash locked on. All right. So Arizona Fall League, getting back into, um, let's, let's do an honor roll here. And the honor roll, some of these come from LB Pipeline. Um, Keith Law, the athletic, just spent a week out there scouting some of these guys. We've got some interesting different views of these. Somebody that everybody's talking about is Matt Mervis, first baseman for the Cubs. So, kind of catch you up on Matt Mervis if it's been a minute. Uh, 2020 undrafted free agent out of Duke. Not that weird, only five rounds. A lot of guys were not drafted in 2020. Um, Six foot, 225. So, he's a good size. Makes sense that he's at first. 137 games this year. This was his, his debut was this year. Uh, Between... High A, double A, triple A. He played 137 total games. And his slash line, 309, 379, 605. 36 home runs, 78 extra base hits, and 107 strikeouts to 50 walks. Stole two bags. Not that that matters, but stole two bases. So, four games this week. um, Three home runs. He's got, a, he's got four, so he has the most home runs in all of the Arizona Fall League right now. Um, 
had two had had three hits on October thirteenth. So has looked good. He's playing first. Is playing first perfectly fine. I'm not. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch a ton of it, so I can't tell you that he played exceptional defense or bad defense. But it's first base. At a certain point, the defense is kind of that's the last thing we care about. Um, now. Interestingly, Keith Law of The Athletic saw him while he was there and was not nearly as impressed as the rest of us have been. He said he saw all three of the homers. All three of them came off of a breaking ball that was hung by a righty. And he said, you're not likely to get a lot of those in the majors. And so not quite sure how well that performance is going to translate into you know, the minors, and that's going to portend that he's going to do really well. So he had 36 home runs this year. Keith's kind of discounting some of that, says, you know, uh, he's very strong, but he doesn't have great bat speed. And he struggled with velocity middle in or just inside at all. And then even with average fastballs, couldn't do anything beyond popping them up. The, it's not a comp, but the projection in the piece that Keith Law of The Athletic put out for Matt Mervis was he said, I see a role for him as a platoon first baseman or DH like Daniel Vogelback of the Mets, but not much beyond that. So definitely something we're going to watch for. Definitely something we're going to check out and we're going to see what happens going forward with Matt Mervis. Another guy getting great marks and great reviews in the Arizona Fall League so far. T.J. Rumfeld of the Yankees in the four games last week, 8 of 13, one home run, and four doubles. So kind of recap on him, 2021 12th rounder out of Virginia Tech by the Phillies was traded in a completely minor league trade between the Phillies and the Yankees. 52 games this year, uh, age 22 in high A, 284, 381, 411, four home runs, uh, 17 extra base hits, 45 walks to 29, 45 strikeouts to 29 walks, four or six on stolen bases. So big boy, 6'5, 225, but the power hasn't necessarily manifested in games um, at the high A level like it needed to. Now, granted, this was his first full season in baseball. He got um, a few games, he got like 20 something games for the Yankees last year. But for the most part, this was his first full season. So you have to expect a little bit of, of work. And there was a there was an injury in there. And so, I mean, I think he spent time on the 60-day injured list. So, I mean, he missed quite a bit of time. But you're looking for more power from TJ Rumfeld. Well, like I said, four games, 8 of 13, home run, four, four doubles. On the season, the Arizona Fall League season, so eight games, 444, 515, 704. One home run, four doubles, five walks to five strikeouts. Leads the entire Arizona Fall League as of Wednesday in OPS with a 1.219. So again, hitting numbers look really good in the Arizona Fall League. The pitchers usually aren't as good as the hitters. You don't send your top prospect pitchers to the Fall League normally. Tink Hens kind of an exception. Uh, Kumar Rocker, not really going to call it an exception because he needs innings. Uh, and then you're playing where it's 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 dry, it's warm, and so the ball likes to carry. I mean, they're in Arizona, and yes, it's in the 50s here where I am, but Arizona is still pretty warm. 
Uh, but still, good stuff from TJ Rumfeld. We know that the Yankees are going to have openings at third base. We know that there's plenty of guys we can look at. Oswald Peraza made the roster. He's looking at shortstop, but you've got Anthony Volpe as well. You've got Oswaldo Cabrera, who's kind of played all over. He's literally played some of everything. So there's there, there's options, but there's going to be playing time out there. And TJ Rumfeld has the size, and if he can unlock the power, that's something that the um, that's something that the Yankees are going to need in the corner infield uh, going forward. Since Donaldson is, I want to say, 38 or so. So something to keep in mind. And then another guy who good performance this week pitching this time because we just don't have a ton of those. It feels like is Connor Van Sayak, right-hand pitcher for the Angels. So he went five innings, five hits, no runs. Um, three strikeouts, no walks, hit by pitch. So he six guys got on, he hit one guy, and five, five of them got base hits, but no runs. So 2018 11th rounder out of high school, 6'6", uh, 210. And the no walks thing is prominent here because he... He's not in the top 30s because of control issues. 2021 in low A, uh, he walked 14 guys in 23 innings. 2019, uh, in 40 innings in rookie ball, he walked 36 guys. I mean, just last year, 23, I'm sorry, last year, this year, 2022 in low A, uh, 23 games, 120 innings, he walked 39 guys with 140 strikeouts. So just under three walks per nine with 10 and a half strikeouts. So seeing Vince Ayak able to keep the fastball slider in the zone, not walking a ton of guys in the fall league and walking guys who this is a higher competition level for the most part than what you saw in low A, uh, but still a, a, a good hitter's environment. Makes me feel good, and it's something where on some re-rates, you may see Van Syok come into the back half of the top 30. In just a minute, a couple quick hitters on top prospects that I noticed in the last week right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. And we're back. So, a couple notable guys. Some of them we've talked about in the preview for the Fall League. Some of them we have not. But for the Atlanta Braves... Justin Henry Molloy, listed as a third baseman, first baseman. He's played a lot of outfield in the Arizona Fall League. 2021 sixth rounder out of Georgia Tech. And 133 games in the minors this year between high A, double A, triple A. Most of that was high A. It was like 60% high A, 35% double A, 5% triple A. He got like eight games into the year. He was a September call-up to triple A very end of the year. Slash line 289, 408, 454, 17 home runs. And again, this is 133 games. 17 home runs, 45 extra base hits, 138 strikeouts, so just over one a game, to 97 walks, and then five for five on stolen bases. So the thing here, 6-2-2-12 is Justin Henry Malloy. Good size. But the approach is not really conducive to power. Like, he's got, I'd say, probably above average raw power. I remember watching him take um, take batting practice at Georgia Tech. But for some reason, like, just, like, it's, he rarely, uh, he almost never chases, which is good. 
Uh, he rarely whiffs on a pitch in the zone, but he also, it feels like he's just perfectly content to just hit a line drive again and again and again. I do think that as he phys- continues to physically develop, and he's probably got a little bit left, a little bit of projection left, you're going to see some of those um, line drives become fly balls and the fly balls become home runs. I think that's he's going to kind of naturally settle into a little bit. But either way, it's an offensive profile that, while isn't ideal for something like a left field, can absolutely play. And if you think about the team that he's on, the Atlanta Braves have just about every position locked up long-term except for shortstop, where Danzy Swanson's a free agent, and left field, where they've had Eddie Rosario, they've got um, the desecrated corpse of Marcelo Zuna, uh, they've, they've traded midseason for guys almost every year to find somebody to play left field. They got Robbie Grossman from Detroit this year trying to, trying to figure out an option in left field. So Justin Henry Malloy may be that guy. Uh, he has an above-average arm. He's got solid actions. I don't quite think he's suited for third base. He might be a left fielder and your backup first baseman. Right now, your backup first baseman's Austin Riley. And so, might be something where he spends some time in you know, double A to triple A next year. He had, a, he had an on base over 400 in double A. So, spends time in triple A next year and gets called up partway through the season uh, to give him a test in left field to see how things are going to go along with Eddie Rosario and whoever else is out there. But, been impressed what I've seen so far. In these 11 games, 314, 467, 429, four extra base hits, no home runs. Again, it's not what he's trying to do, but five or seven on stolen bases, 10 walks to nine strikeouts, actually leading the Arizona Fall League in walks as of Wednesday morning. Another guy barely even played, uh, but 2020 first rounder, number two overall pick, Heston Kierstad of the Orioles. Uh, drafty out of out of the University of Arkansas, 6'3", 205, and missed all of 2020 because everybody missed 2020, and then had myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, so he missed 2021. So dude hasn't played competitive baseball in like 27 months. And when he got out there into high A at age 23 into Aberdeen this year, you could tell he hadn't really played competitive baseball in 27 months. Uh, his his slash line was 233, 312, 362. Uh, three home runs, 13 extra base hits in 43 games, 47 strikeouts to 16 walks. So didn't look fantastic, looked rusty. Now in the fall league, 11 games so far in the fall league, 373, 396, 686. Four home runs tied for first in the league with, I believe it was, with Matt Mervis, uh, eight extra base hits, and then 15 strikeouts to two walks. So his his OPS, ninth in the league, 1.082. But it's something where when you watch him, he obviously is still rusty. Uh, he's struggling to pick up off speed out of the hand. Uh, he's struggling catching up to velo. And this is something I'm not super concerned about it. It's He just needs more reps. He needs to get back into... I mean, he played 43 games in high A this year. And so he just needs to see quality pitching to get back into game shape. He still put up an on-base of almost 400 on the season because of the time he spent at low A Delmarva. He was he was too good for low A. Um, 
struggled a little bit at high A. And again, I just he needs to repeat some of this stuff. You'd hope that he'll get his timing back here. You can see him next year, uh, high A to double A. Maybe even a chance at the end of the season to go to triple A and you're looking at a 24 call-up. Lawrence Butler of the A's. We've talked about him now, I feel like, more than I expected to when I I went into this week. I feel like he's still struggling when you look at, like, the lefty breaking stuff. But other than that, Lawrence Butler has looked very good. I have been very impressed with what I have seen from Lawrence Butler. Uh, I want to say his, he's got seven walks on the year and OPS of 1146 in the fall league. Uh, his slash line's like 321, 432, 714. Tw- uh, two home runs, 12 RBIs, six extra base hits, even stole two bases. So Lawrence Butler, other than the, the platoon issue of uh, lefties with breaking stuff, has looked very good. The Reds sent Noel V. Marte. Uh, been very impressed defensively with what I've seen. Now, offensively, I don't want you to freak out at the stats. Noel V. Marte, 219, 324, 313. Only one extra base hit. It was a home run, but only one extra base hit. Five walks to five strikeouts, one for one on stolen bases. A couple things is, one, he has hit the ball very hard. His batting average on balls in play is like 231. Uh, whereas a lot of these guys who are higher on the boards have batting averages on balls in play in the threes and fours. So I think part of it is small sample size, a little bit of fluky luck. Uh, he's been playing third base, and he's looked pretty good at third base. The arm plays absolutely at third base. He's looked really good, especially going to his left. So a question you always have for third baseman is, you know, if they play too close to the line and coming off the line, getting there between them and the shortstop. Uh, He's been playing next to Matt McClain. Matt McClain has not looked great offensively or that good defensively either, but what can you do? Uh, But Noelle Marte makes sense that you've got all of these shortstops in the system. We talked about there's so many guys. There's Ellie De La Cruz. Obviously, there's Matt McClain. There's Noelle Marte. There's so many options. They've played him some at third base. He looks like he might work out. There's other guys who... Elway De La Cruz may move to the outfield. We don't know, but they want to let him try shortstop first. It's probably his, and if he doesn't stick with it, then there's an o- there's always options like Jose Barrero or other guys who can play short for the Reds. And the last one, Mazin Wynn of the Cardinals. Talked about him, obviously. You remember he hit 101 of the Futures game. So 10 games in, 360, 556, 480. Slugging so low because of lack of extra base hits. He's got one home run. Uh, that was like a night, like exit below of like 96 or 97. So not hitting the ball super hard, but 11 walks to four strikeouts, four or five on stolen bases. They've played him some at second base, which seems like a complete waste of an arm. But I understand you have so many shortstops and only so many places to play them. So things like that happen. What can you do? Um, kind of a struggle. Either way, uh, I want to look for him. He, the speed has absolutely played. As far as watching him on the base paths, watching him in the field, uh, the speed is legit. And so I feel good about uh, where that is. He's close on home runs to Jordan Walker, which is more of an indictment of Walker than it is uh, a celebration of win. But either way, that's neither here nor there. I may or may not have Jordan Walker in my total basis challenge with our friends at Prospects 1500. So I'm a little bitter about it. Great week this week. Farm Friday tomorrow. Reminder, if you have suggestions for the Uh, trade block. We're going to put those tweets up on Friday. That'll be a Tuesday show where we're matching prospects from one organization 
with big leaguers to be traded from another organization. If you Also, if you have mailbag questions, send those into the show. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Or you can email us, LockedOnMLBProspects at gmail.com. Until tomorrow's show, this has been Locked on MLB Prospects. Mm-hmm.